0: Welcome to Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio teaching ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus. We're in the middle of a series called Created for Glory, Redeemed by Grace. And today we're gonna listen to the second part of a message called Being a Household of True Worship. Let's turn to Joshua 24. Now I'm going to transfer the approach to us, how we respond to God when God allows either pain in our lives or God allows good things in our lives or we are asking him for things and we're either not getting the answer we want. You'll see a lot in our response to the Lord. Are we afraid of him? Many Christians are terrified of God. Not so much in our day and age. That's not the problem of this day. Or do we have a proper fear and respect of God? I love you, God. I, I understand that you have my best interests and I want to follow you no matter what. And I understand that you discipline me sometimes uh, for my good. I understand that, God, in a proper fear of the Lord. Or are we, as many people are wont to be, a fearless tyrants toward God? Give me it, God! And if you don't in five minutes, I'm not really sure if you're up there. God calls us to a proper fear of the Lord. Your household is where you will fear the Lord or not. Uh, Second of all, notice here in the text, verse 14, he says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Make a note of this. uh, Your household is where you will serve the Lord or not. Now directly connected to fearing the Lord is whether your household will serve the Lord I think about it this way. A fear of the Lord is primarily a vertical reality. It's my, what do I think about God? Is he great? Is he awesome? Is he a distant father that I don't have to deal with? I can do my own thing. Or is he a very present father that cares deeply about me and loves me It sees me in my pain and walks through everything with me in life? Is he a God that has good plans for me? Is he The fear of the Lord will affect us. That's a very vertical thing. But I want to tell you um, what he's saying here. It's not enough just to know who God is and to have a proper vertical relationship with him that needs to live itself out in a horizontal way. And, and, And right here, Joshua is saying, and you need to serve him. What you do on a daily basis, what you do when you go back to your house will say whether you actually fear him and serve him. They go together. You can't fear him but not serve him or vice versa. Let me briefly speak truth into our hearts in love. As I said earlier, it's easy at church to a smile and appear sincere. I look into your eyes and I can see sometimes God's spirit working you even as I'm preaching. That's a blessing, that's God working in his children. But I honestly, fundamentally, can't really see into your heart, no one can. Even your spouse sitting next to you doesn't know everything in your heart really. When we think about our households and being a household of worship, church really isn't the place where we are really most sincere or faithful, of being faithful to come, being faithful to engage. But here it is, the home as a household of faith, of worship, is where the true challenges of serving the Lord and the true joys of serving the Lord are most clearly seen. And I'm gonna tell you, it's not just, I don't want this to be a negative thing. Listen, when you serve the Lord, you will see the greatest blessing of God in your home. I mean, I love seeing you respond, but when I see my kids respond to the Lord at home and I see them ask forgiveness about something or I see them responding to one another in tender ways or serving the Lord by serving one another, that makes me feel a whole lot more because that's my house. That's my household. Notice what it says here, to serve him in sincerity And faithfulness. As I said earlier, the home is where your heart is really exposed. I think it's good when I see and perceive, as your pastor, that you're serving the Lord in faithfulness and in sincerity on Sunday morning. But I'm going to tell you what means a lot more to your heavenly Father and what I will probably never see. uh, Not that it matters what I see, it ultimately matters what God sees. When God sees you go home and worship him by serving him on Monday morning at 7.32 while you're late for work and your kids are having a hard day and your wife needs a hug, um, that means a lot more to him. That is where you determine whether your house is a household of worship, true worship, or self-worship. I would also make a note of this to parents. The house is the place where kids Learn the gospel by watching. I preach a lot. Probably over time, my kids will hear a lot of sermons. That won't mean a fraction of what they compared to what they see at home. And seeing me love them, seeing me do the right thing, seeing me do the wrong thing and ask forgiveness, seeing me go back to God's word, that is what's preaching the gospel to them. And I'm going to tell you, I may preach to many of your kids and your grandkids someday, but I'm going to tell you, that's not going to matter nearly as much as what you're going to preach to them on Tuesday evening when you're tired and cranky and worn out and ready to blow, but you choose to serve the Lord. That's where their hearts will be most impacted by the message of the gospel. Notice what Joshua says next about the household. He says, Serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Then he says, put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, he's asking them to make a choice. He says, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Put away, put away. Now, when Joshua says put away here, he's not talking about like your toys. You know, like we tell our kids, go what? What? Put away your toys. Put them away. But there's an expectation that they're going to pull them out again, and that you'll be asking them to clean them up tomorrow and Friday. And uh, right, that's what we do with toys, right? We put them away and we bring them out again. What he's asking here is for a decision, a decisive breakup with the gods of the past, or if it be evil for them to turn on God at this moment. He says, if you're going to turn on God, let's do it now. And if you're going to turn on those other gods, let's do it now. Once you jot this down in your notes, your household is where you will put away God's substitutes, or not. Now, I think it's very interesting here in the text, notice the three areas that they found these little gods, gods with little g's. The first it says that they had some gods that their fathers served beyond the river. Abraham's father, Terah, served beyond the river, then in Egypt, and then also the Amorites in the land where they were in right then. I wanna make an application to our hearts. I think this is very interesting what Joshua says under the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Notice that he says first the God's beyond the river. Now, most of us wouldn't think of ourselves as serving idols, would we? That's such an like a old-fashioned thing to do. No, it is like never out of style. They just change decor. In the old days, it was wood, sticks, and stones. Now it's uh, whatever's on your phone. You can find anything in your phone. You can find all kinds of God substitutes on your phone uh, in the next 30 seconds if you wanted to. It's amazing how much access we have to God substitutes now. Amen? I want you to think of areas that we have God substitutes. Notice that it says beyond the river. These are what I would call family God substitutes. This is how my family's always done it. This is uh, the way we've been brought up. This is, it doesn't matter what God says. It, this is how my family does it. And I'm going to tell you, families have God's substitutes that we take with us, okay? That's why our family, if our household is going to fear the Lord, uh, we need to put God's word above everything in our house, our household. Uh, many of us have a family God substitutes. I think of my family. Uh, one of the reasons I choose not to drink alcohol, uh, though my wife does, though many of my friends do, um, and I have no problem with that. I, I think there's plenty of evidence in Scripture that if you want to drink, drink. Just don't get drunk. Real simple. But one of my family God substitutes uh, was my grandfather. And um, I never met him. All I have, I, he took a picture. I have a picture with him when I was probably a year old. That's the extent of my relationship with him. He died when I was about two, and uh, alcohol was the poison that not only took him down physically, but took uh, my mom's family down spiritually and emotionally. And I've chosen that uh, the God substitute of alcohol, which can be a good thing in one direction, but can be a God substitute just as much. I'm not gonna worship that God substitute. Here's another one, I notice that it says, the gods that they found in Egypt. Now, unlike a family god substitute, I find it very ironic that here are these Israelites who are in Egypt, slaves to these people in Egypt, and what do they start doing? Apparently, they started worshiping their gods. Like, I'd be like, the last thing I want to do is worship their gods. But they might have gotten to a point where they said, you know what? Yahweh hasn't delivered us from slavery. I might as well just start serving the gods here in the land. I'm going to tell you that when you're in brokenness, you're very susceptible to God's substitutes. And that's what they did. And they apparently even brought those. Like, I'm thinking, after the ten plagues, wouldn't you be ready to burn all the gods and leave them? and eat? No, but they apparently brought some with them. Wow. And I find it amazing how many of us have God substitutes that we pick up in our brokenness, right? And instead of going to God with our brokenness as I wish my grandfather had done, instead we turn to other substances in our brokenness and allow that to become the thing that dulls the pain, that brings a limited amount of joy. Here's the third God substitute. Notice it says the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Now, completely the opposite of Egypt, they were in the promised land. They were now in a land of blessing. And I find the most devastating or easiest God substitutes often come not from family, not from brokenness, but from blessing. Often when we are worshiping the Lord and we're following him wholeheartedly and then God begins to bless our lives and things are going all right and everything's going in the right direction and then good things start to come and those good things, we end up making those our gods and we begin to follow after those, the parent that is more concerned about what the kid says than what God says. That child's a blessing, but that child is not meant to be a god. Or the person whose job, they get a raise and it's better and I've got more money. And now, now I, you know, I, I try to get to church on Sunday, but, but I, I got that thing that I love doing on Sunday morning that draws my heart away from the Lord. I, I thank God that Ohio State plays football on Saturday and not on Sunday. <laughs> Enough said. Your household is where you will put away your God substitutes or not. I want to say this, no matter where your family has come, no matter where brokenness has taken you, no matter what blessing God has bestowed on you, God's grace can touch and can eliminate the God substitutes if you are willing to bow the knee in humility uh, to Him. God can heal that. This is Pastor Luke Aarons from Vertical Church. You know, I love that you're listening to Meeting with God, but I got a question for you. Are you doing the Christian life in isolation? At Vertical Church Columbus, we live out biblical community, not only through our weekend services, but also in grace groups. These small groups meet across the city weekly to encourage one another and care for one another and study God's word together. You know, If you don't have Christians around you in your journey with Christ, let me invite you to Vertical Church. Go to verticalchurch.life. Then finally, it says here, verse 14, put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river. Maybe you come from a broken family, a really broken family situation. Maybe you're in a really broken family situation. I'm gonna tell you this, uh, broken family situations and God's substitutes usually don't go away easily. And typically people will repeat what their parents do apart from the grace of Jesus Christ. As Joshua says here, he says, we have a choice. He says, choose this day who you will serve. Your fathers, your mothers, your in-laws, whoever you're around may have not served, may not be serving the Lord today. But that does not mean that God cannot begin a new work in you. I would challenge you, if you have relegated yourself to the statement, uh, the apple never falls far from the tree, right? What is that? You ever heard that? I have to think it's probably a lot of spouse sharing with spouse, right? You're like, you're just like your The apple never falls far from the tree, and there's an immense amount of truth in that. But I also believe in the grace of God who allows us to plant a different orchard by the grace of God. And God wants to do that, and if you come from a broken situation, you're coming from, listen, don't, don't leave yourself with the apple f- never falls far from the tree. Know that because of Jesus Christ, you have a new family, you have a new hope in Jesus Christ, and a new orchard can begin by the grace of Jesus Christ. You might be the first one. I think of my other grandfather, who grew up in a uh, tough situation in Wisconsin, and God pulled him out by grace, and he became a pastor after not really growing up in a very spiritual family and how God has used him and left a legacy and God could do, you might be the first one in the line, you might be the first seed in the ground that begins an orchard for the grace of God in the generations to come. That's the story of Abraham. Now what do we do if our family is, well here why don't you make a note of this, your household is where you will experience spiritual redemption or not. It's a choice. You can serve the God's your father's served. You can stay there. You can stay in brokenness and every family's broken. Every family has sin in it. But how do we break out of that? How do we experience that redemption? Let me give you quickly three things you can do. First, pray. Number two, walk by faith in God's word. Believe what God says about you and your hope is in him. Here's the last thing I would say and I would ask parents to look up me especially if you come from a broken situation. Maybe even uh, it's a family where the parents, you, the parents have grown up and you didn't come to Christ until later in your life. And your, your, your younger kids grew up in a mess and you feel terrible about it. Often I've seen parents, if the kids are still at the home, they do a complete swing over here and they might, you might call in driving terms, they overcorrect And I've seen some of the most strict, some of the most legalistic parents, they were broken, they were a mess as a kid, but then they try to force their kids, and they overcorrect and are hyper-legalistic. And then the parents, what happens to the kids? They rebel against that and go right back to what the previous parents were doing. Okay? Just a bit of wisdom. You need to pull your family to the center where God's word is. And give enough space for the kids to be uh, grow in wisdom, but also live according to God's word. And it's a balance there. Or I've seen the other thing: <laughs> people that go up in super legalistic families, they overcorrect and let their kids do everything, only to have that swing. And God's heart is for us to have wisdom in the middle. What's the key word in the entire text? Choose. Choose is the key word. Very interestingly, as one commentator put it. Almost nowhere in scripture, especially in the Old Testament, does it talk about us choosing? Usually it's God chose his people. I chose you. You did not choose me. I chose you. But here, a very unique passage, uh, sort of close to Deuteronomy. There's one in Deuteronomy, but even more unique than that. Here, God is God through Joshua is telling the people, you choose. You choose. This is your choice. Don't put this on God. Don't put this on whatever. You you choose. You choose. And I believe that's what God's saying to us today, to choose. I think this is something we need to choose regularly. Let me give you a couple things you need to choose here. First, notice that it says at the very end, the final line, final sentence, it says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. They're making a choice. There's a choice for me. I need to serve the Lord. Then there's a choice for my home. My home will serve the Lord. Now let me just say this. You've got to have both. You've got to have both. Both is very important. Some people are like, well, no, 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 no. No, I'm not going to. I'll kind of do my thing, but I want my house to serve the Lord. Y'all, this, this is the rules. Y'all are following the Lord. I'm going to kind of do my thing. Well, how many of us parents can be hypocrites at times? We want our family to do what we ourselves are not willing to do. Fathers, I would challenge you. We lead through example. That's the hardest thing about being a dad, isn't it? You don't lead through what you say, you lead through what you do. And then if you have to say, say, say something. First is me, I must follow the Lord. But here's the other side of that. Sometimes we can say, well, I will serve the Lord. That's not what Joshua says. He says, I in my house. And it's irresponsible for us as family leaders, as people in a family to say, I'm gonna serve the Lord, but I'm gonna let my kids and my family kind of do whatever they want because I don't wanna be strict or legalistic or nothing. That's irresponsible. Joshua's family was following the Lord because he was following the Lord. He had set the trajectory and then brought his family along with. Now, you need to be careful with that, as I said. You might be here saying, Well, Pastor, what do I do if I'm a single parent and there's another parent involved? Or what if my spouse isn't following the Lord? Or what if my kids don't want anything to do with the Lord? What do I do? How do I serve the Lord in my household? Well, this is one of the only times I would tell you, me first, you know? It's such a problem with kids, you know? I, like, Who's, who's going to have the ki-? Me first, me first, me first. We try to get them out of that. But when it comes to serving the Lord, you need to be on that. Me first, me first. Here's the second thing. You need to help your kids have a wise, spirit-empowered balance of influence and control. And you need to have that as well. You need to be able to tell your kids, I'm, seeing, I'm just gonna to preach to the teens here. Are you okay if I preach to you for a minute? All right, all right, okay? What your parents are gonna be doing, if it's wise, from God's word, is they're going to be influencing you and controlling you. It's a balance of both. Okay, if you, someday you will be parents, isn't that scary? <laughs> all those things that you hate about your parents right now, You'll be doing those same things in 15 years and grimacing while you are, okay? (laughs) I heard an amen coming through that somewhere. Um, Here's the thing. Your parents can only control you for so long, okay? God calls parents to control. He does. But he also calls us to influence, and it's a balance. Parents that only control will lose all their influence and wake up one day when their kids are teenagers, late teenagers, and will all of a sudden the kids are like, done with that, But here's the other thing, it's not just about influence. Influence will last forever, but you can't just influence a temper tantrum two-year-old. You need to control him. No, it will be like this. But it's a balance of both, and as you'll discover soon, and I pray that you will let your parents do by God's grace in your own life, is have a balance of control and influence. And using those two under the power of the Spirit, that's how we lead a household. And whether it's with your teens or with a parent that's missing or a parent that's rebelling, you can only control what God allows you to control. You can control yourself. That's the first thing. But then you need to lean in by God's grace. And where God has given you influence, you need to use that. Where God's given you control, you need to use that and use them wisely and continue to cry out for his grace in the midst of that. Make a note of this. Today is the day to choose the future trajectory of your heart and household. It comes down to today. It's not about yesterday's mistakes, but about the grace that God is holding out to us today and the glory God wants to bring to his name through your family in the days ahead. I wanna circle back to what I said at the very beginning. As you choose, you need to think, and I hope you have been thinking as we've gone through these four items. What is the spiritual trajectory of your family right now? And if you're not married, what is the future trajectory of your relationship with that person you're dating or you as an individual, wherever you're at, what is the worship trajectory of your family and of your own life? And second of all, what is the worship identity? Are you worshiping the Lord Is he your heartbeat? Is he, when I think of my family, the first thing I think of is we find our identity in the grace of Jesus Christ. And when we fail, we come to him for grace because we know in the gospel of Jesus Christ, we, our home, our household can experience his grace. Is that what it is? Is that the identity of your family? Or is that the last thought in your mind and only something you think about a church? I love the hope of God's word. You know, we're beginning already. For those of us who are on staff, we're already starting to think about Christmas. For those of you who don't want to think about Christmas until it's right here in your face, um, enjoy that. Um, For those of you who have already been listening to Christmas music for two months, God bless you as well. But, 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 I love reading Matthew 1 in the Christmas story where Matthew uh, lays out the family of Jesus Christ. And I find it very interesting But that is the first thing we read about. And we talk about a household of true worship and being a place where our home and us as individuals are following the Lord. I think about the fact that Jesus Christ came to earth. He had a broken, broken family. There were people in that line that did not follow the Lord. There were people in that line that didn't even have anything to do with faith and were brought into redemption. Think about Ruth. Think about Rahab. Here's what I want to tell you. Jesus Christ came to redeem his own household and your household. And Matthew 1 is the picture of the fact that he came back to save his own family line, his own household and yours. And if you're here today and you're like, my house isn't where it is, and I'm gonna tell you none of our houses are where they're supposed to be. If we went to any of your houses today, I'll guarantee you no one's house is perfectly. Somebody left their toothpaste out, okay? But the same thing is true of our own spiritual place. Somewhere in our families, something is not where it's supposed to be. But Jesus Christ is the answer. That's why we can experience redemption by grace. Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio. We hope you were encouraged in your own relationship with Jesus Christ today. If you would like to hear other messages from Pastor Luke Aarons, please subscribe to our Vertical Church Columbus podcast. There you will find an extensive collection of sermons from Vertical Church worship services and other unique content from Pastor Luke, which will enrich your faith and point you to Christ. You can find the podcast by searching Vertical Church Columbus wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for spending part of your day with us. As always, we hope you'll join us here tomorrow at the very same time for your meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.